Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Can you hear the joy in my voice? You hear the pep at the intro? I'm still in Dakar, Senegal. I'm having an amazing time here. I've been here since Monday. All I do is go to history museums and art galleries and drink margaritas with no salt, hang out at beach clubs, hang out by the pool, walk around this gorgeous city, learn a little bit of French. It was terrible when I got here. It's slightly less than terrible now. I know a few more phrases, but I've been having just like this amazing experience. I went to Gory Island yesterday, which when I came to Senegal, Dakar specifically, and not knowing much about the country, I did my due diligence and the research that I usually do when I travel anywhere, but I didn't know anyone who lived here. So I can, you know, find the stuff that people post on Instagram or maybe in Pinterest. Unfortunately, a lot of the travel narratives that are shared on Pinterest, which is where I get a lot of really great travel ideas from, very often with African countries especially, the travelers are unblack and sometimes their take on traveling through Africa is very not good. And I would say not accurate for the experience of someone from the diaspora, aka also black, would have in the same country. So I did my research and I found like, you know, all the museums and stuff. But when it came to certain restaurants or certain areas where people hang out and spend time and things like that, that might not necessarily be friendly to to non-Wakandan type people, we go there and, and we're fine. Like it's it's all good. 
So I went to Gory Islands yesterday, and that was one of the three top things that I had to do when I was in Senegal. The, the biggest one for me was the African Renaissance Monument. I've been sort of low-key stalking that monument for years. So that was literally the first stop that we made after we got settled. And then the second one that I really just had to had to see was Gory Island. And it did not disappoint. It actually over-delivered. I talked about this on my social media pages. I won't go too deep into it. I also posted pictures if you want to know more about Gory Island. But they have a, they call it House of Slaves. In Ghana, it would be called a slave castle or a slave dungeon. And I'd heard about this place for years. You know, I've been to the two major slave castles in Ghana because there's actually a lot of them. But Elmina and Cape Coast are the two biggest. So I had expectations of what this experience of Gory Island would be. And it was it was entirely different. One of the, the biggest differences was is the slave castles or dungeons. I don't like calling them castles because it makes it sound like something proper and good and fancy. But it, you like held people captive and beat them, raped them, tortured them, held them in dungeons, and then, you know, sent them away from their home, their continent, and all their descendants forevermore. Castle is not quite the right word. But those dungeons in Ghana were owned by various European countries. This one was actually owned by a Black woman. Technically, I mean, at the time, in America, she would be called a quadroon. Her mother was half black and her father was white. So I think, I think if my math is right, I think that makes her one fourth black. But she was notably black. She was the, I don't know if she was the wife or the prominent mistress. That was never really clear in what I read. And I'm like translating in French. But her brother actually bought the house that she lived in. And so she lived upstairs in the main area. And in the bottom area is where she held humans. Africans, sons and daughters of Africa in captivity as she waited for the slave ships from various other European countries to come and pick up the people referred to as cargo that were in captivity again on the first floor because there's no basement because it's an island, but on the first floor of her house. And I guess that part is not so different than the slave dungeons because in the slave dungeons in Ghana, they would keep the kidnapped and captive Africans on the main floor. And then they had like a church in like the center of the structure. It, it never really reconciled well with me. It's like, how do you have people in cages in like 50 feet walking from the entrance to the church? Because I don't imagine that everyone is just sitting in there like like silently, just, you know, patiently waiting to die or be shipped across the Atlantic. I would imagine that people are in various states of distress. I would imagine that all of these people packed together without proper air or bathroom facilities wouldn't smell so good, would smell fucking horrific, in fact. That's always been troubling to me, like how people were like living and worshiping because they were also like living quarters in the slave castles for like the governor and the officers who oversaw the space, slave dungeon, I said it again. Like you lived in the middle of these conditions, like day in and day out. You listened to people wailing, moaning, vomiting, and you smelled their, their feces and urine and, and again, vomit and sweat. Just the stench of, of just a whole bunch of humans who have not been washed for months at a time, all just, just gathering there together day after day in the West African heat. I just, it's never made sense to me. That said, this is this woman's house. 
at least in the, the slave dungeons, these were people who were assigned to work there. And so technically this is like, you know, your workplace and you actually have a home back across the Atlantic, but you're stationed in this place for work. So you put up with these ungodly conditions because you are generating income and it's making your family back home prosperous. It makes more sense to me than in your literal home where you go to like day after day after day. I would imagine like raise your kids and have family dinners and all of that shit. You have people in captivity in your basement who who smell for a variety of different reasons in various stages of torture and distress. And you just like upstairs just sleeping peacefully, I suppose. And you black, half black, a quarter black. Still, there was an official caste system for women who were mixed in various percentages. So they were above other people with, say, two black parents, but they were below white folks. And they made these women wear what looks like a dunce cap to differentiate themselves as being in this particular class or caste that was not white, but also was not black. The woman who owned this particular house of slaves where, you know, you can go on the tour. She wasn't the only one. Many houses on the island also functioned in that same capacity and were run by mixed race women. That's just kind of like what you did as the mixed race mistress wife of a white guy. You kept slaves in your basement. That shit blew my mind. And it's hard to blow my mind about a lot of things at this point. I've been to a bunch of plantations. I've been to a bunch of slave castles. I've held the chains and I've, you know, held the ball and and all of those things. So it takes a lot to kind of wow me in that way. But I was like, what the fuck? I mean, this is why I travel. This is why I go to museums. Like I want to be enlightened. I want to learn more. But sometimes like I just learn shit that just makes me really disappointed with humanity. I read that 33,000 people had passed through this one house and, and taken from their homes and families, put on boats, shipped across the Atlantic to the Americas. Like, that's always a hard thing for me to reconcile. I just, I don't get how people can be so cruel to one another. Curse people out, I get. Kidnap them from their families, put them on boats. They and like the next five generations of their family are damned to suffer. That's, that's a lot. But other than that, Dakar has been absolutely wonderful. I've been eating the best food of my life. I have to get up every morning and go to the gym. We do a lot of walking every day. That's the only reason I'm able to maintain my weight on this vacation because this food is so damn good. And still, I'm kind of ready to go home. I've been traveling almost nonstop for over a month. I'm also ready to host my travelers. Remember that big trip that I did? I was like, oh, come see some world with Demetria. Our first trip starts, our, I say, it's me and Davida. Davida runs KLA, goes to Ghana. I used to host her trips and now we do them, at least the next two, as partners, because I curated this one. So I'm really, really excited to host the first group of travelers. I think it's 20 people who are coming over. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group going right now so everyone can get to know each other. And I popped in the other day and I was like, hey, everyone, I'm so excited to greet you in Ghana. And I want to take you around and show you the spaces and hope by the end of the trip that you love this country as much as Davida and I do. And can't wait. And this girl hit me on the side. Actually, two of them did separately. And they were like, hey, sis, I didn't want to put this in a group chat. But like, do you need anything? And I was like, can you bring me? <laughs> I'm about to cry. It's so, it's so stupid. I was like, can you bring me some McCormick freeze-dried chives? 
And also possibly like a, a chunk of cheddar cheese, like an eight ounce chunk of cheddar cheese. Like I can shred it myself, but just a, a chunk of cheese. And she was like, you want a chunk of cheese, sis? <laughs> it was in writing, but I can hear the girl's voice. I remember my friend Nicole asked me before I lived in Ghana, I was coming over for the holidays last year. And I asked her, I said, do you need anything? And she said, yeah, can, can you bring me some stovetop stuffing? And it was the way she asked. And I was like, you want stovetop stuffing, sis? And I was so bewildered. I was like, all the things that you could bring from America, you want stovetop stuffing. And so I know that's what she was thinking, like some chives and some cheese. That's all you want? And I was like, that's it. That's all I want. And Will brought me, I asked him to bring me Parmesan cheese, Kraft Parmesan cheese. I asked for one bottle, but he brought me three and he pulled them out the bag and presented them to me like one by one. And he was like, here you go. Do you know my eyes teared up? <laughs> I swear to you, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I am living my best life. But there's just small things that I miss. And Parmesan cheese is one of them. On a previous episode, I had like a 15 minute rant about Parmesan cheese and I deleted it because I was like, nobody's going to listen to you talk about Parmesan cheese for 15 minutes. But it meant something to me. <laughs> And Davida is already in Ghana. Davida brought me Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap. The joy in my heart. She was, I was like, did you bring it? Did you bring it? And she was like, yeah, I told you I went to Target and picked it up. And I was like, oh my God. And she was like, are you all right? <laughs> it's the little things. Oh. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. 
connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. We have a lot of news this week. Most of it's trash. America is Americaning right now. Let's do some good black news, though. Good black news. Quinta. What is Quinta's last name? I just started referring to her as Quinta. I don't remember her last name anymore. She became a one-name person real, real quick, didn't she? Quinta Brunson. That's her name. He got money. Yo, her rise. I know it wasn't overnight. It took a whole lot of work and a whole lot of dedication. But I cannot stop thinking of like, oh my God, the girl from like, it wasn't even TikTok. What was the other one? Do it for Divine. I ain't gonna do it. Divine. It was the TikTok before TikTok. But she went from making videos on like social media apps to like a good job at BuzzFeed. She went on to get an Emmy and she's doing late night talk shows. And now her ass is sitting down with Oprah. I saw that advertisement for it and a little tear came to my eye. You know, I love to cry. But you also know, like I get secondhand embarrassment. But the upside of that is that I also get secondhand joy. I had a swell in my heart. Like it was me. And I was like, I'm so proud of her. Her and Issa are just amazingly inspirational to me. But she's sitting down with Oprah. And I was like, I don't even know if I can get on over here. I might have to find a bootleg. My bad, Quinta. I'm trying to support how I can. But I was like, I need to find a way to watch on because I really want to see that. I really want to know her story. I saw the inspection is coming out. I don't even remember the date for it. I'm looking it up right now. It's with Gabrielle Union and Jeremy Pope. But the reason I wanted to talk about it is because they're talking about Oscar buzz. For Gabrielle Union. And I don't know how seriously I could take that because I've heard Oscar buzz about other people. Remember when Jennifer Lopez did that movie? She was a, um, a dancer at a strip club and people were talking about Oscar buzz for that. And I was like, Oscar buzz for this? Well, let's take a look and see. Because you know, when women of color play like highly charged sexual roles or mammy roles, like Oscar buzz conversation tends to come about. So I was like, is that the case of what this is here? When I finally got around to watching that movie, I was like, Oscar buzz where? It wasn't a bad movie, but I was like, Oscar, where did you get Oscar from? But there is Oscar buzz for Gabrielle Union in this movie. She plays a mother who rejects her gay son. And people are saying she did an amazing job with it. I mean, obviously I haven't seen the movie. It literally just came out today. November 18th in the States. So I have no idea when it's going to come out here or when I'll be able to catch the bootleg. I mean, keep it 100. But I saw the trailer and like the makeup team, you know how Gabby looks very fresh and hydrated and youthful and beautiful. It's not like she looks bad in the movie, but you could tell like the makeup team did their job to like age her greatly. It put some like, you know, some, some dark spots on her face to give her some, some age and texture. And I was like, woo. Not that she looks bad. She just don't look like, you know, Gabby. Now she's, and granted, she's not supposed to. I'm not saying she's supposed to. I'm just saying the makeup team did a good job. And she's not unrecognizable. But it's just like, oh, we're giving a whole different energy from how we're used to seeing Gabby in movies. I don't know that I've seen her in a real... I mean, she's done dramas. But I think for a long time, Gabrielle Union was typecast as high-powered black woman executive kind of guarded maybe looking for a man maybe not like the role she played in being mary jane was just kind of the role she had played in 50 million other things being mary jane allowed her to have a little more depth than she's had in other roles but it was essentially the same character 
But this is something I've never seen from Gabby before. Maybe she's had other roles that were pure drama, but this seems like new territory for her. I'm interested in seeing it. I've never thought she was a bad actress, but I've never really thought she had good drama range. But I don't know that she's ever been in a role that had the opportunity to display it. That's always been the thing with black actresses. It's like you don't really know who can really like act, act or not, because very often there aren't enough roles written for black actresses to really, you know, choose some fat, show the range. So I'm interested in this one to see what she's bringing. I'm also obsessed with Jeremy Pope. He is a proud out and gay man. He's up there with Michael Ealy to me. I think he's just a beautiful, gorgeous man. His face is just perfect, really. I just think he's just gorgeous. Speaking of Michael Ealy, you know, I've been recapping a reasonable doubt that was playing on Hulu. We talked about this last episode. The season finale just happened and I did a recap of it on social media, so I won't do it here. The creator of the show started commenting on the reviews, good, bad, or indifferent. But with the finale episode, she chimed in and, you know, just thanked me for for recapping the show and said, you know, they're trying to get a, a second season. And this is the first scripted show for Honest Collective on Hulu. They need the support. They need the ratings. So she was just thanking me for spreading the good word. And then McKinley Freeman came on and he liked a bunch of stuff. He plays Jack's husband, the estranged husband on the show. And then, and then motherfucking Michael Ealy. He left the sweetest comment. He's such a nice guy. I gush about him like a total fan, which I am. But I've also known him for, I don't know, 2009, 10? One of those. I interviewed him on stage at Essence Music Festival. I found this blog post that I wrote when I was still doing a bell in Brooklyn. And I referred to him as MF Michael Ealy. I've been calling him that since 2012. But he got married in 2012, and I wrote this blog post called Women Wept, Michael Ely Got Married. And it was cute and fun and whatever, but somebody reminded me of it the other day, and I went back and read it. And I was just like, oh my God, I have been calling this man a god among mere mortals literally for 10 years, minimum. But he left this really sweet message under the recap of the, of the finale of Reasonable Doubt. And he said, thank you, Demetria, truly. I'm loving the journey you're on, inspiring and provocative in your intention. Stay blessed and highly favored over there. You know me. I had a full wall slide squeal like Diana Ross in Lady Sings the Blues. Like I was like, oh my God, is he talking to me? To me? Yeah. I posted on Facebook. I screenshotted it and posted on Facebook. And I was like, my life's accomplishments have been fulfilled. Michael Ely has acknowledged me. I can go now. And my readers clowned the fuck out of me. And they were like, yo, you're a cornball. <laughs> I like what I like. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Uh, what else is on this list? Winston Duke on the cover of Esquire looking fine as fuck. Mbaku. He looks so fine in Black Panther 2. I told you I saw it in French. I have no idea what he said. But every time he spoke, I swooned. And then the whole theater laughed. And I was like, I want to laugh. I need to learn French to laugh or return to Ghana and see it in English, you know, either or. But Winston Duke is on the cover of Esquire. I have not had a chance to read the actual article. Lord knows a million and one people sent it to me like, hey, D, did you see it? Hey, D, did you see it? Hey, D, did you see it? I did. I did. I just didn't get a chance to read it yet because I've been like, you know, gallivanting. But I get to it. 
I don't think I've ever read an interview with him. I have no idea whether he has depth or not, or if he's just a pretty face. I'm not saying he is or isn't one way or another. I'm saying I genuinely don't know. And I really need to read the Esquire article to figure it out. Hopefully he doesn't say anything crazy. I hate when I have a crush on somebody and then like I read an article and they just say like a bunch of dumb shit and you'd be like, damn, he was fine. Womp womp. And other good black news, Beyonce and her husband, Jay-Z, cousin Beyonce and uncle Jay-Z, they are tied for the most Grammy nominations. I think they have... Is it 88 nominations each? Beyonce got nine nominations for her most recent album, Renaissance. I'm reading that on NPR. You know, I still haven't listened to the Renaissance album. I'm not listening to it until there's visuals or concert footage, one or the other. I hear it's absolutely amazing. All my friends are raving about it. I like Beyonce's visuals. Her songs are okay. But when the visuals are combined with the songs, that's what really does it for me. Or when I see her perform the songs, that's what like moves me and gets me excited. Just listening to Beyonce, not so much. Not being a hater. I just, that's, that's how I feel about her music. So as soon as she drops the visuals, I'm all over the Renaissance album. But until then, I listen to Alien Superstar. You can't avoid hearing Beyonce songs because people use them on Instagram constantly. You know, I'm familiar with some of the songs, but I've actually never listened to the album. I will. I just want the visuals. That's all. But congratulations to Jay-Z and Beyonce. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. And not so good news. I did read that Trump is running for office again. He's, he's, he's thrown his hat back into the ring for 2024, which I'm like, really? We barely survived his first campaign and presidency. And now we're back for another round of this bullshit. Is he back on Twitter? I've been paying attention to Twitter, but I haven't been on Twitter. I feel like we all have PTSD from Trump tweeting that crazy shit like every single day right before the five o'clock news hour so that he could dominate the news for the evening. But every single day, it was some new bullshit. And with COVID, it just pushed it over the edge with the press conferences and the, you know, put some sunlight on it. It just some bleach. It's fine. Nobody's going to die. What do you mean a million people are dead? Like, I just, ah, I can't live through that shit again. One of my really good friends um, was traveling in Africa when Bush got elected and he was just like, fuck that. He went home, got his shit and stayed in Africa and stayed in South Africa for what, 10 years, found a wife, had three kids, whole nine yards. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not doing that with America. And I was like, really, you could be gone that long. And he was like, yeah, you'll see. And in and, and fairness. I have bouts of homesickness, but I don't have a desire to move back to America. I'm going home in January. 
but I don't plan to stay there. I'll be there for some time. My Africa adventures are, are not quite coming to an end just yet. But I'm just like the audacity of Trump. Like, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not going to go deep into this conversation because I feel like I'm repeating what everyone is already thinking. I'm like, aren't you under investigation by like multiple different states for multiple different issues from stealing shit out the White House to your taxes to fraud? All your friends have been subpoenaed. Everyone associated with you is caught up in some criminal shit that's about to land them in jail. I don't understand, one, how he's not in jail. And two, with all of this controversy constantly surrounding you, you're responsible for the deaths of a million Americans because of the way that you bungled COVID. And still, you find the audacity to be like, you know what? I could be president. Really? The fucked up part? He could. He could like as passionately as I feel it like as passionately I feel about like the Republican Party is batshit and crazy. Half the country is full in support of them. You look at the Atlanta Senate race between Warnock and, and Walker. The man is literally barely literate. He sounds like fucking mushmouth. He denies children. He's allegedly paid for two abortions for and he's running for the Republican Party. And they're just like, we don't give a fuck. We just want the Senate. You know, I don't care that he's articulate. I don't care that he's a hypocrite. I don't care if he doesn't even stand for the shit that I believe in. He's a Republican and I want him in the Senate. And literally, like, there's a runoff because neither one of them can hit 50% of the vote. Literally, the state of Georgia is so fucking split between Democrats and Republicans. It, it makes no sense to me. And yet, I have to find a way to make sense of it because Trump could really fuck around and be president again. I think when he was running against Hillary, not even I think, I know... Democrats couldn't take him seriously. And yet, and yet, I hope we don't fuck around and do it again, but I put nothing past America. I mean, we're, we're fucked up. We are. I was going to talk about Twitter. I don't know if I should wait. My, I don't know if I should waste my breath. Will Twitter still exist by Monday? Elon Musk took a, a perfectly functioning company that, that was running fairly well as far as anyone knew. Paid $44 billion for it and like in a month has run it into the fucking ground. Like he laid off all these people. I was reading some Forbes article. Was it Forbes? I don't know. Every major publication is writing about how fucked up Twitter is right now. But like his first act was to fire, lay off half the workforce. Because he was like, these people cost too much. But they didn't really pay attention to exactly who they were laying off. So they laid off people who were the only people who could really like run certain divisions or make certain changes that they wanted to make for the, the company, like the engineers and shit. And then they had to call people and was like, yeah, I know we just laid you off and it was kind of brutal and whatnot, but we need you to come back because we can't do this without you. And I was like, they'd have to pay me three times as much to come back. And one of my friends was like, I wouldn't go for that. He was like, my peace of mind is too precious. I wouldn't. He was like, these are engineers in tech. They can find other jobs. They'll be fine. Fair. He gave some ultimatum to the remaining people. I think it was like something like 3,500 of them. He gave an ultimatum to them via email and was like, so, hey, like, you know, we're about to go into like crunch mode and I need everybody to deliver. And it's all hands on deck and balls to the wall and you either get on board or get out and I'll give you three months severance. And then half of those people were like, yeah, we'll take the severance. We're out. And he seemed shocked by this. You think they're going to go balls to the wall for you and your unstable ass? One of the articles I was reading quoted a worker who took the uh, who took the buyout. He was like, why am I going balls to a balls to the wall 
for somebody who just fired all my friends and is already a billionaire. You want me to work 24 hours a day to make you richer? Fuck you. I saw black Twitter doing what it does. It was holding a funeral for Twitter, for black Twitter specifically, because black Twitter was its own special thing. A whole bunch of advertising agencies have have bowed out because of the racism, because of the chaos, because of the, did we talk about this before? How at one point Elon Musk was going to try to charge people $20 for a blue check. And then he took it down to eight. And then people were buying blue checks and then changing their names to the titles of companies. So I think one of them changed it to a pharmaceutical company. I want to say Eli Lilly and tweeted something about the price of insulin. And then Eli Lilly's stock tanked. And I was like, no one saw this coming. No one saw this coming. So now people can't figure out like what's official and what's unofficial and what's right and what's wrong and who's who and what's it's a mess. I was like, are the inmates running the jail? That's an insult to inmates because I feel like they would do better. Just because you do criminal shit don't mean you're stupid. It just means you got caught. My bad. I'm not going to use an analogy. I'm just going to say, who the fuck is running this place? Elon Musk. Because all the top people have quit. Something like 75% of the original workforce is gone at this point. I would think if you pay $44 billion for something, you would like to get some form of ROI, but apparently not. And people used to call him a genius. I saw somebody wrote something today. Was it Nicole Hannah-Jones? Was it her? Maybe she retweeted it. But it was something about how you know people give the benefit of the doubt of people being geniuses just because they make a whole lot of money. And they were like, that's two separate things. The ability to make money and actually being smart, having some form of intellect, having some sort of business acumen are actually two different things as evidence. Exhibit A, Kanye West. Exhibit B, Elon Musk. Just because you make a whole lot of money don't mean you actually, you know, know how to run a business or know how to run yourself. Shit. I want to talk about Shanquella Robinson. I'm sure you've heard this story. It's all over social media. But she was a young woman, was, because she's deceased now, but she was a young woman who went to Mexico with her friends, five of her friends, for a birthday party. Or She died. And the friends told her family that she died from alcohol poisoning. And her family was like, what? And they had, the family went and got the body. An autopsy was done. And they found out that she didn't die from alcohol poisoning. The autopsy report said that her neck had been broken and she had a back spasm. There's also been a video that's circulating on social media. I can't bring myself to watch it. Shanquella is naked and someone, one of her friends, so-called friends, is trying to fight her. And the people recording the video are telling her to fight back. This is what I read. And she says no because she doesn't want to fight. But this video has been circulating. I don't know which one of the friends released the video. Maybe somebody's feeling guilty about what happened to her. Just me having just, you know, the small amount of common sense that I do possess and, you know, watching copious amounts of law and order. I was like, why would, why would you keep that video? Even if you thought it was a good idea to record your friend fighting another friend while naked, which I'm like, where the girl's clothes at? Why, why she ain't got no clothes on? That's weird. But even if you thought that was like, okay, to record this fight, right? After the girl died, nothing in your mind said, you know what? Maybe I should delete this so as not to, I don't know, involve myself in some sort of criminal conspiracy. 
have plausible deniability. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. That's crazy. What are you talking about? Is there evidence? Then leave me the fuck alone. Nobody thought I should delete this. It was two people recording. One of them decided not only to not delete the video, but also to release it online. I don't know whether that person should be celebrated as a hero for releasing it and, and giving more backstory to what possibly happened to this woman. And also, um, helping her story generate enough interest that it wasn't just swept under the rug. Because originally, Mexican authorities went along with the friend's version and was like, yeah, no foul play. It was alcohol poisoning, like nothing to see, no homicide, open and shut case. And then when the autopsy came back, nothing was going to be done because the Mexican authorities had already said there's nothing to see here. But once social media got a hold of the story, and especially after they got a hold of the video, I read earlier today that the FBI is now investigating this young woman's death. And I specifically talk about this incident right after I talk about the downfall of Twitter, because it's as crazy as Twitter used to get. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest Twitter user. I used to be on it all the time, like back in like 2011, 2012. But then I started using Instagram and then I went back to Facebook. Twitter just was a place of no filter to me where people were just, to me, um, were just really rude. And I liked an environment that was just a little more curated. It worked better for me. But also when crazy shit happened, the first place you would go is Twitter. Oh, somebody's like, you know, there's a video of their dick. Go to Twitter. You want to start a movement with a hashtag? You go to Twitter. You want to spread some information, like good information, right? Really, really quickly. You want to gather, you want to gather support or you want to cancel someone who's done something crazy. Twitter was a really great resource for that. I hope that in its absence, because it's looking like it ain't going to last so long. I hope that in its absence, that people are able to use other platforms in a similar function as the good way that Twitter was used. Because I feel like without a Twitter, you don't end up with, with this young woman's story going viral. Yes, people posted about it on Facebook. And yes, they posted about it on Instagram, but Twitter and also TikTok. But I think those two platforms are really helpful in getting important news covered um, and bringing issues that might've been overlooked to the forefront and making them national conversation. And so I hope that that's able to continue. I mean, even for all the fuckery and the bullshit that you got to wade through on Twitter, it was really an important resource in um, getting justice for folks, black folks especially, but getting justice for folks and making sure that other points of view that people were spoken with instead of spoken about or spoken to. Um, but it really made sure that a black voice and a black perspective was inserted into the national dialogue. And for that, I'm very thankful. And also very thankful for everyone who spoke about this young woman's story because like, my God, I just keep thinking about her poor, poor, poor family, her parents especially. But like, you know, your greatest fear is like something happens to your kid far, far away from home where you can't get to their ass or, or they're not able to call you. I mean, things can happen up the block too, but you know, it takes a little more to get to your child if something happens, you know, far away. And it's in the case of this girl. But like you go on vacation, I'm sure she told her parents like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Mexico with so and so. And I'm sure even though they knew she was going with friends, people that think that she'd gone to college with one of the people was her best friend. So the parents were familiar with that guy. I'm sure they gave her the same speech that, you know, anybody's parents who, you know, remotely give a fuck 
say. It was like, well, you know, take care of yourself and don't do anything crazy and be safe. Or as my mother says, I only have one child. Bring yourself home in one piece. I'm sure her mother said something like that to her and just, and then to find out that these people that she trusted, that to a degree you probably trusted because they've been around for a while. You probably met all her friends at some point or heard about them. In your daughter's final moment, she wasn't surrounded by, you know, people who cared for her. She's, she was some sort of spectacle. Like she died and was surrounded by people who betrayed her. That's just, I hope the FBI, I mean, they are involved. So I hope there is justice for this, this young woman and her family. I mean, obviously nothing can bring her back, but justice is, is the least that they deserve. May she rest in peace. I pray real bad for her mama and her daddy. Just sad. All right, y'all. That's the episode for this week. I'll be back next week with more shenanigans. Not everything, a lot of things. We'll talk soon. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.